0: Well, good morning and welcome to today's daily devotion, your daily PPE, daily devotion from the Psalms, the Proverbs, and the Ecclesiastes. Um, I guess I should say uh, a devotion from one of these three books, one of these three wisdom books, the Psalms, the Proverbs, or the Ecclesiastes. So anyway, uh, welcome to to today's video, today's podcast, today's devotion. Um, I'm praying that you will allow this passage, uh, the wisdom from this passage today, just to penetrate your heart. And uh, hopefully the prayer and my prayer for you is that it will grow you in your knowledge and your relationship with Jesus Christ. Today's Wednesday, it is November the 3rd. Um, We are in Psalms chapter 74 this morning, and we're just going to look at one verse, verse number three. Uh, there is so much in this um, Psalms, in this Psalm 74. The more I read it, I read it every day. I read all the way through every day. Man, it's just so good. I, I hope it's as good for you uh, in reading and understanding God's love and his compassion and his mercy for you as it is for me. Uh, today, once again, today's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. The title of today's devotion is Lord. Walk with me. Yesterday, the title of the devotion was God Never Fails. And this was the title that we looked at at these first two verses as we got into this chapter. Asaph is the writer and he's writing about how it seems that God has forgotten about Israel, forgotten about his chosen people. The problems that... He's witnessing and the things that are happening right in front of his eyes, it seems to him or what it seems like seems to be happening anyway, it seems as though God has left him and not only just that God has left them, but it doesn't seem like God's planning on coming back. Look at the wording there in verse number one again. Asaph writes, Oh God, why have you rejected us so long? The Hebrew wording there for so long is an indication, and it means forever. It it seems as though God is left forever. What Asaph is saying is, Lord, why does it seem like you've gone and you're not coming back? As I sit and read about that, and, and I think about the Lord as I was praying over this passage again this morning, I thought, what a horrible place to be, and what a horrible feeling. To feel that God has left you, and He's not going to be coming back. Now many of you, as you're listening or watching this this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you've lost a loved one that's passed away, that you've been with for years, or maybe it's a spouse that you've been married to for years, and the feeling is they're gone, and they're never coming back this side of heaven. There's a pain and a void there. Maybe it's a a separation or a divorce that you've been through that you didn't want. And the pain that is left is they're gone and they're never coming back. Many of you that are listening and watching this, you know the pain that I'm talking about. And you can empathize with Asaph and the pain that he's uh, experiencing and the thoughts that's going through his mind that, God may not ever come back. So now in verse number three, Asaph goes to prayer and he asks God, Lord, walk with me through this time. He asked the Lord to walk through the ruins of the temple, the place where the very place where Asaph once led worship, where at one point in time he led the people of Israel into the worship of Jehovah. And Asaph is asking the very God that had been there many, many times to come and see the devastation. Come walk with me, Lord. Look at the verse there, verse number three. Walk through the awful ruins of the city. See how the enemy has destroyed your sanctuary. Now, maybe this is a prayer in anticipation that maybe God will see the devastation. And maybe he'll change his mind and come back. Maybe he'll see what the enemy has done and the hurt and the pain that is there. And maybe he'll come back. Maybe it's Asaph just wanting God to be with him. You you know what I'm talking about. Maybe he, he just needs the comfort of knowing that God is with him, but he doesn't feel that. As I said yesterday, as we began this psalm, there are many different thoughts as to how the, how Asaph is writing this. Many theologians aren't really certain whether this is a prophetic word or a prophetic writing or whether Asaph is literally seeing. Maybe it's a vision of what he's seeing. But I mentioned that God never fails us, and it's, it's not God that leaves us. Sometimes it's sin that separates us. But the one thing that we can count on Is that God never leaves and Jesus is the one especially now in our day and time Jesus is the one who can completely redeem us from our problems from our pain from our hurt and even from our destruction that sin leaves behind sometimes it's in these times that sometimes we feel like God has left us but in reality he's never left us he's still with us it's interesting to note here the wording And that's what I want to point you to today. Uh, As Asaph mentions the place where he wants God to walk around and to see, uh, he mentions that it's his sanctuary. Not meaning Asaph's sanctuary, but God's sanctuary. Note the wording there where he says, your sanctuary. Remember, God is faithful. He wouldn't just leave. He wouldn't just abandon his people for no reason. He wouldn't just allow the enemy to come in and destroy what he has built and what he's built up in people for no reason. For the people in Asaph's time, the people of Israel, it's their choices that has caused this destruction, this devastation. It's sin that has entered their lives and it's sin that has destroyed God's sanctuary. I read this in the English Standard Version, and there was a couple of words that really stuck out to me as I read it in that translation. Let me read it to you. It says, direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. There's two words I want you to notice here from this translation. Number one, the word perpetual. Number two, the word everything. Perpetual means never-ending or never-changing. And Asaph seems to believe, or he seems to see this devastation as never-ending. This references back to uh, verse number one where he says, cast off forever. It seems as though uh, this devastation is coming, the destruction just continues to come, and God is not stopping it, and he's never returning to change things. Asaph sees no end in sight unless God intervenes. The second word is everything. The enemy hasn't left anything out. Nothing is sacred to them. They've destroyed the temple, they've torn down the walls, they've attacked and destroyed everything when they've been given the opportunity. And so let's let me just use this here this morning and put this in a pers- in a, a spiritual perspective. And this today, as I as I talked about yesterday, this is in speaking, or we're going to relate this to as Asaph is speaking prophetically about the future time when Christ is going to come, and He's going to live in our lives as He does now in the life of a believer, and these bodies are. The temple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he said, we contain this good news or the good news of Christ in these jars of clay. This is the temple. Now, in John 10, 10, Jesus clearly defines what the plan of the enemy is, and he clearly defines what his plan is, and they are totally opposite. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, the thief, who is Satan, the enemy of our souls, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what Asaph is talking about in this passage of Scripture for the temple. He's The the enemy has come. They've stolen everything of value out of the temple. They've killed the people that has stood in the way of them destroying the temple. And then they've tore down, literally tore down and destroyed. So that is the plan of the thief or of the enemy of our souls, which is Satan. But Jesus also outlines his plan. He says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the fullest. In Ephesians 4, 7, Paul encourages us. He says, whatever you do, do not give the devil a foothold. So the enemy of our souls loves to have a foothold into our lives meaning a foothold is a doorway into our minds and into our hearts it's a way that he comes in to deceive us or to lure us away from God's plan for our lives and a foothold is anything that he he can enter into through it can be it can be anything it can be uh, it can be an argument between uh, two people in a relationship or just two friends it can be a hurtful comment or it can be a hurtful devastating, life-changing moment that he can enter into that, that, that moment. Sometimes it can even be a joyful time or a a time of celebration where the enemy uses pride to entertain, to enter into us or to enter into our, our moments. It doesn't matter. He's not, um, he doesn't matter what he uses. All he wants to do is he wants to use any and all situations where he can influence us and turn us away from God's plan. For our lives. Remember Adam and Eve? I mean, very simple situation. He used a time of eating, a moment of eating. Very simple, nothing strange. The enemy came, he began to speak to Eve, he distracted her from God's word, and then she began to doubt God's word. And that was a foothold. She allowed him to come in, influence her thoughts, influence her actions, and it influenced her heart. This is the destruction that came, spiritually speaking, for Asaph and for any one of us. This is the destruction that keeps on coming unless God intervenes. And here's the fact. The fact is, God has intervened. He sent Jesus Christ to come and to save us for, from our sin and from, sometimes from our own selves, to, dis, to save us from our own destruction. For Israel, I have never read in in the Bible about a time where God allowed Israel Israel to be defeated or destroyed that the Bible didn't clearly state the reason. Every single time, God clearly stated that it was idolatry or adultery, where they had forgotten God, where they had walked away from the Lord, or they had allowed the enemy to influence their hearts and their minds, and it got their eyes off of the Lord. And Asaph is on the right track here he invites God to take a walk around the destruction a walk around the area that's been attacked and to look and to see what's going on and remember where he was at and remember what God said he would do and then come back and redeem I want to ask you today will you allow God to take a walk around your temple will you allow God to walk around your mind for just 15 or 20 minutes around your life today what would he find what would he find that was destroyed or taken by the enemy What has the enemy tried to steal and kill and destroy in your life that God would find and he would say I want to rebuild this in your life but you have to allow me to do it when God does this it's the beginning of wisdom it's the beginning of the rebuilding process And God wants to walk around in your life and begin that process today. But you have to allow Him to do it. Lord, let this be your prayer today. Lord, walk with me. Look at my heart. Look at my life. Show me the direction I need to go in. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for these words of wisdom. Your word that guides us from destruction to eternal life be with your people today guide and lead them in everything that they do lord be in their hearts be in their minds not only walk around the destruction but walk around the life in them today god guide and lead them i pray in jesus name amen we're noticing some things that asaph is seeing here in this in this book and in this process tomorrow We're going to notice some more things as we venture on into verse number four. Will you join me tomorrow and see where God leads us? I hope that you will. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Remember, I'm praying for you. God's got great things in store for you. Don't let the enemy steal, kill, or destroy. Lord, walk with us. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.